Welcome to Calvary. My name is Lorianne, and I'm co-leading the marriage retreat with Pastor Barry. Here at Calvary, we want this to be a place where you can come and worship, get to know God, and connect with our community. If you're new here, we can't wait to get to know you. Feel free to message us on social media or text the word hello to 587-323-1199, and we'll respond right back. This is a great first step to joining our church family. We also want you to experience daily personal encounters with God, discipleship, and community. If you want to learn more about our culture here, deepen your relationship with God, and find a small group that you can really connect with, we'd encourage you to talk with one of our volunteers or staff after the service. We want to let you know what's going to happen over this next hour. First, our band is going to lead us in worship that helps us understand who God is and to express our love and affection towards Him. Afterwards, we're going to take some time to let you know about some things going on here at Calvary. Then, one of our pastors will be sharing an encouraging message from our new sermon series. I'm so glad you're here. We were not created to live stagnant lives, to be stuck bound or broken. We were created with a purpose, a calling, a mandate, a mission. Even in these uncertain times, that calling remains the same. To go into the world, to make disciples, to share the love of Jesus. This is the work of Easter, the greatness of God, the power of the resurrection in action. What Jesus did has changed us, made us a new creation, given us an unimaginable hope. Grace has taken root, mercy has flooded our souls, and the promise of eternity has redefined our everything. So why keep all that to ourselves? It's time to put Easter in motion, to make a difference, to share Jesus with the world around us. If your life has been changed, it's time to get to work. So imagine with me this morning that you have just witnessed a murder. You were there, and you saw it, and you know that the murderer saw you. But you fled the scene, and now you're hiding in your house. You're afraid of what might happen next. There seems to be no hope as your past and your future are now forever marked by this event. What can you possibly do? And then you're offered the opportunity of a new identity. You are invited into the witness protection program. Your old life will end 
and your new life will begin. The key to you hopefully being safe, the key to you hopefully having some sort of future, the key to you trying to live without fear is all in your new identity. And while there are benefits to a new identity, there is certainly a cost. There's a huge price that you'll pay. Not necessarily financially, but you'll never live a normal life. Instead, it'll be lonely and solitary because you can't have close relationships. What if they find out about your past? You can never be on social media again, which really, is that such a bad thing? But you likely won't ever get to see close friends and family again because of your secret. You may not be the one in prison, but it will certainly feel like you are. So this morning, we're continuing our message uh, or our series, He is Risen, Now What? And the title of my message is A New Identity. A New Identity. So last week, Pastor Barry shared with us, uh, he looked at the first major benefit of Jesus' resurrection, which was access to our Father God. And it was very powerful. And no matter what your relationship is now with your father, earthly father, or what it used to be, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to this message. Today we'll be looking at the new identity we have in Christ and what that means for us. What does it look like? What are the benefits of it? What is the cost of it? What are its results? First, I'd like to start off with two major distinctions. Number one is while the witness protection program will change a person's outward identity, possibly their location, maybe their looks, their name, their bank accounts, they are never really safe from their own life. They are never really secure. They never have true hope until the person that they witnessed commit the crime has died. Otherwise, can they actually have any peace? We, on the other hand, we experience a inward change, a change to our inward identity, because we are witnesses to the fact that Christ willingly died for us and rose again. And because he is risen, we have a new inward identity that includes complete peace and healing and hope and freedom from fear and so much more. And not because the perpetrator has died, but because Christ laid down his life to die for us and rose again. 
So let's look at the facts surrounding his death, and, and what we're going to read is very much like a witness statement. So 1 Corinthians 15, Paul says, I gave you the message that I received. I told you the most important truths, that Christ died for our sin, sins as the Scripture say. So sure enough, over 300 Old Testament scriptures prophesied Jesus' life, his death, and his resurrection. And then Paul says that he was buried and he was raised to life on the third day. And just in case you didn't hear it the first time, Paul says again, as the scriptures say, and that he, Jesus, appeared to more than 500 other believers, 500 other witnesses <clears throat> at the same time. Most of them are still living today, which was 2,000 years ago, but some have died. Then he appeared to James and later to all the apostles. Last of all, he appeared to me, to, to Paul. So this is the central theme of the entire gospel, of the entire good news. That number one, Christ died for our sins, meaning he took on the cross, he took on himself our guilt, our shame, our baggage, our brokenness, all these things that people would tend to carry their whole lives. Number two, he was buried. Number three, he was resurrected. And number four, there were hundreds of witnesses, including Paul. He goes on to say in 2 Corinthians that since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others, other people from a human point of view, meaning that because of the resurrection, because of what Christ did, it's not the outward man that matters anymore. It's not about the old outward identity. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How different we, differently we know him now. Of course, since Christ died and was resurrected, the whole perspective changed. There was a shift in focus it's about our new identity now. It's about the inside. It's about our heart. And verse 17, Paul wraps it up by saying, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person, a new creation. The old life is gone. And a new life has begun. This is one of the most important verses in the entire Bible. 
This is the ultimate witness protection program. This is the ultimate new identity. We're a completely brand new person. Not just like you see in the movies where, where they shave or they cut off their hair or they dye their hair or they put on a disguise or they get plastic surgery, but a brand new person, a new creation. The old outward past identity is gone and a brand new identity from the inside out has been created. So let's be clear this morning. We're not reformed, repurposed, rehabilitated, or reincarnated. We are not just turning over a new leaf. We are literally recreated. The word new here is from the Greek word kainos, which describes something that is brand new and just recently made. It also carries the idea of something that is superior to, so completely better than the original. And of course, of course, when we invite Christ into our lives, we are made brand new. And the new you is superior to the old you. There's no comparison. But Pastor Doug, Pastor Doug, Pastor Doug, does it mean that my personality changes? Will I still like pizza? Because pizza is very important to me. Or will I still love movies? Will I be less grumpy? Well, the answers are yes and yes and yes. The new identity and the internal changes mean that our desires, our reactions, our behaviors gain a healthy new God and others' perspective. You may still love pizza, but maybe you no longer need it to be a source of comfort when things are hard. Or you still love watching movies, but maybe it's no longer the only way that you can re escape reality. Or if you were always grumpy and angry, and not just when you didn't get your pizza, you can now experience more of God's peace. The people around you will thank you. Many translations use new creation because it's from the same word describing God creating the world. When he created the universe, it wasn't from recycled parts. It wasn't from duct tape. So when you invite Christ into your life, the old is gone. And you are a brand new, better than before creation. How could we not be? Because God's spirit now lives inside of you. Instead of the old me, on my own, doing things my own way, saying, I've got it all figured out, don't tell me what to do. I now have Jesus, the creator of the universe, 
living inside of me, enabling me to be Pastor Doug 2.0, a brand new me, instead of just my spirit. It's the Holy Spirit and my spirit together. It's a fresh start. So 1 Corinthians 6 says, the person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him or with her. At that moment, we invited Christ into our lives as Lord and Savior. It was at that very instant you became a brand new creation your spirit was joined with the Holy Spirit. Jesus came to live inside of you. And all of the power and authority and divine influence within the mighty name of Jesus Christ began living on the inside of you. 1 John 1 says, But to all who received Jesus who believed in his name, he gave them power to become children of God. And then in Ephesians 1, 19 and 20, it says that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead now lives inside of us and not only lives inside of us, but is at work changing us, making us brand new your core identity is completely transformed and changed. Christ's very nature is uniquely formed in your spirit. And not only are you new, the old you is gone. When in life do we get such an opportunity, such a reset? Don't be fooled by imitations. This is the genuine great reset. No more guilt, no more shame, no more history of sin. Brokenness is being healed. Baggage is being thrown away. Whatever our old identity was, these things no longer dominate our hearts and minds because our new identity is now in Christ. But, what defined your past? What defined your old identity? Was it money? Was it status? Was it career? Was it looks? Or was it pain? Or dysfunction? Or hurt? Through my junior high and high school years, I did not like myself and struggled greatly with my identity. I was raised in a fairly healthy Christian home, but I was so self-conscious about being so skinny and so sensitive and so emotional that I really despised who I was and the enemy's lies came to me as they do to all of us, causing us to question our identity, causing us to question who we are. Was I even a real man? If so, why was I so emotional? Why did I feel things so deeply? Physically, why was I so skinny? I really struggled with why I felt God had made me 
that way. And the message and pressure that comes from society, and we hear it over and over again all around us, is, I feel this way, therefore this is my identity. Or I feel that way, and therefore that is my identity. And most of it is the enemy coming to us with his lies to cause us to question our identity, causing us to question God's beautiful and incredible creation. You know, the Oilers are in the playoffs, and, and we're going to bow and pray for them right now. Um, just kidding. Um, but... It's very interesting, throughout the city, you'll see cars and trucks flying Oilers flags and identifying as Oilers fans. And it's kind of cool, but if our identity is based on any foundation other than Christ, other than the Word of God, then we're believing the enemy's lies and that identity will fail. Then, how does a new identity in Christ help us when we're struggling with our old identity or having an identity crisis? So let's look at the benefits of a new identity. It's so interesting that psychology today, in an article entitled, Are You Having an Identity Crisis?, lists two things that contribute to a strong identity. Number one, resolving past issues and challenges, so all about our past. And number two, having an understanding of our life's purpose, all about our future. And our new identity in Christ not only allows us to work on and resolve the challenges from our past, our old identity, but helps us show, but helps show us our life's purpose. Our new identity gives us hope for the future. So what are the benefits of a new identity? Well, the first one is a new family. To properly understand your new identity in Christ, you need to understand how he sees you. Your identity is based on what God has done for you, how he views you, what he says about you. A new family means you're adopted into his family. He knew you. He chose you even before you were born. You are a legitimate child of the God of the universe, having all the same rights and standing as his son, Jesus Christ. Romans 8 says, If the Spirit of God is leading you, then take comfort in knowing you are his children. The spirit you have received adopts you and welcomes you into God's own family. A new family means you are chosen and loved. 
you can't show me a single biological family on this earth that is perfect and that is free from hurt and pain. And some are better and some are far worse. You may have never felt that you were chosen or wanted or loved. And that would be devastating. I can't even imagine. But you were created and chosen to be part of God's family for a purpose. And that purpose was to be loved by God. To be loved by God. I love how Ephesians 1.4 is, is paraphrased. It says, Long before God laid down earth's foundations, he had you and me in mind. He had settled on us and he chose us as the focus of his love. God chose you as the focus of his love. An important part of our new identity is a new family where we are respected and loved. Your new family may actually reject you for becoming a Christ follower, and that would deeply hurt. That is why here in the family we call Calvary Community, we want you to feel loved and cared for. A new family means you are forgiven and redeemed because Christ lived a sinless life on the earth and died in our place. We can be forgiven for our sins and this forgiveness allows us to be considered a child of God. It's not a family of perfect people, otherwise I certainly wouldn't be standing here However, it's a family of forgiven people. The word redeemed means that a price was paid to bring us out of the family of slavery and sin we belong to, to bring us out of our old identity, and to buy us a brand new identity that no longer defines us in light of our past in light of our mistakes and failures, but we can confidently walk as a child of God and part of his family. Another benefit of a new identity is a new location, a heavenly perspective. Second Peter 1 says that because of our new identity, we are now invited and welcomed into God's eternal kingdom. As we look around the world we live in today, we barely recognize how dark and twisted things have become. One of the benefits of a new identity is recognizing that our home, our location, is no longer this broken down, dark and sinful and often disappointing world. 
Ephesians 2 says that as part of our new identity, God has literally picked us up and seated us. Who? Us. Together in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. We have a brand new perspective, a heavenly-centered, Christ-centered perspective. So even if we have experienced nothing but disappointment on this earth, maybe in our relationships, maybe our careers, maybe our health, know that God wants to give us a new perspective. His perspective that comes as a part of our new identity. Romans 8.28 says, And we know, we know that God causes everything to work together for those for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose for them with our new identity we know we have confidence that God has our back in every situation no matter how difficult and with this new location comes new power including authority over the demonic realm Ephesians 1 says, and you will know that God's power is very great for those who believe. It's the same as the mighty power he used to raise Christ from death and put him at God's right side in the heavenly places. He put Christ over all rulers, authorities, powers, and kings. He gave him authority over everything that has power in this world or in the next world. God put everything under Christ's power and made him head over everything for the church. For who? For the church. Who's part of the church? We are. Who did God seat in heavenly places with Christ? Us. As part of our new identity, we have been given power and authority over the demonic realm. Jesus told us that those who believe in him would use his authority to cast out demons and evil spirits. You may not realize this. You may not have heard. But do you know that we have had multiple prayer teams go into multiple homes over the last few years, the last few months, and have taken authority over demonic spirits and evil presence in those homes, and we have seen them cleansed and individuals and families set free from torment? It's been awesome. The next benefit of having new power is healing in body, soul, and spirit. In the same verse in Mark 16 where Jesus says that those who believe in him would have his authority to deal with evil spirits. He says that those who believe in him will also be able to place their hands on the sick and see them healed. In 1 Peter 2, the book of Isaiah is quoted where it says that Jesus personally carried our sins on his body on the cross so that we are healed physically from sickness and disease as well as in our souls and spirits. 
Third John 2 says, Beloved, I pray that in every way you may succeed and prosper and be in good health physically, just as I know your soul prospers spiritually. Healing is a real, legitimate benefit of our new identity in Christ. Did you also know that in the last couple months, we have had over 15 recorded healings of people who were prayed for? We've had backs and necks and shoulders and bowels and ears and migraines and knees and throats and voices and toes and lumps all healed. Amen. Isn't God great? Thank you, Jesus. But I have to ask you a serious question this morning. What if your new identity has not been everything that you thought it should or could be? What if you're still constantly struggling with sin? What if you're plagued by spiritual torment? What if you haven't seen God's provision in your life like you should have? What if you still struggle to receive God's unconditional love? Where is the blockage? I want us to quickly look at the cost of and obstacles to our new identity. Although our new identity in Christ is a completely free gift, there's a huge cost to it. Did you know to purchase a new fake identity, it's estimated to be between ten dollars and $20,000, and it's also highly illegal, to place someone in the witness protection program with a new identity, new location, completely new life. It's about $60,000 a year, but can end up costing millions. The price is steep. Jesus paid the ultimate infinite price of his own life for our new identity. Therefore, it's a completely free gift, but it will cost us everything. And why? Because God gives us all the knowledge and power we need, but we must supply the choice to live righteously, to live holy, to live obediently. The creation of a new and righteous identity is a two-way process that both parties must be completely and deeply invested in. 1 Peter 1 says, In the past, you did not have the understanding you have now. You didn't get it. So you did the evil things you wanted to do. But now you are children of God, so you should obey him and not live the way you did before. Not live with your own identi old identity. But be holy in everything you do. Just as God is holy, he is the one who chose you. It wasn't that long ago that the correlation between certain sinful and disobedient choices I was making and how those choices were having a direct 
effect on how I was behaving, all of a sudden it clearly hit me and it hit me hard. Previously, I thought I could get away with everything being about me and I would feel sorry for myself and, and get defensive and, and this dark kind of moody cloud would descend on me until the Holy Spirit said, enough! It's a choice for our old outward identity to be thrown off and for our new inward identity in Christ to be put on. It's definitely an act of our will that requires action and not just lip service. Ephesians 4 says, Since you've heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature, your old identity, and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, your new identity, to create it, create it to be like God, truly righteous and holy. And although we usually identify lust as a strong sexual craving or desire, it's really any desire that has as its focus only gratifying and pleasing one's self. And it almost always leads to toxic actions carried out to fulfill one's desire with no consideration to the consequences to ourselves and the consequences to others. As I said, I've been there. I have the t-shirt. I sometimes still fall into that trap, the choice of making everything about me. In the past, I would even stay several days under a black cloud at Camp Doug. I'm so glad I can say that those moments are so much less frequent and so much shorter than they used to be. That's why Paul goes on in this chapter to say, stop making it all about the old outward you. If you used to lie, get angry, steal, use foul language, be abusive in words or actions towards others, or give in to lust, then stop. Stop. Choose to stop. This is obviously easier said than done. So how do we? Ephesians 4, Paul goes on to say, Do not bring sorrow to God's spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, here's the new identity. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. The worship team can go ahead and come back up. So in closing, how do we walk in our new identity. Number one, embrace the new identity that Christ has for you. Jesus wants you to follow him and become like him. 
Are you willing this morning to throw off your old identity, the bitterness, the anger, the harsh words, the slander, the lust, and are you willing to obediently put on your new identity by walking in love, by practicing the fruits of the Spirit? Pastor Barry will go into much more of this part next Sunday. But if we choose to put off the old and put on this new identity in Christ and become this type of person, what amazing, amazing difference would it make in your life? What significant difference would it make in the people around you? Jesus invites us to start living this new way of life now. Is this your vision? The second step is be intentional. We must be deliberate. We must be intentional to become a mature Christian disciple. We must make time in our lives to look at the, the things that we need to change, that God needs to change. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. People who never get around to making the decisions and making the changes they need to. To get the help to identify and work on their deficiencies in character and behavior. The final step is to have a plan to move beyond good intentions. We need to put in place a practical plan for walking in a new identity. We need to identify those things that move our belief from our head to our heart. These disciplines include studying God's word, daily worship and prayer, being filled with the Holy Spirit, and weekly fellowshipping with other believers, like this gathering, or even more importantly, in small groups. I mentioned that as a teenager, I struggled with my identity. I really disliked who I was. And that continued until I found myself in my early 20s. And for me, it was a combination of Bible school and being part of a significant small group where I began to really understand God's identity for me through the study of his word, through worship and prayer and being filled with the Holy Spirit and being in close community with others who had healthy identities. At that point, God began to take my old broken identity and replace it with his wonderful, healthy, new identity. God wants to and will do the same for you if you're willing. So our reflection time this morning is for those who are willing to do so, we're going to pray this together, but, but I want to give you a minute to read through it. I want to give you a minute to see what you're committing to and, and to see if you're even willing to do so. So let's just quietly uh, just read through it for ourselves and then we'll go forward after that.
So let's all stand this morning. And if you're, if you're willing to pray this out loud, if you're willing to make this commitment to see Christ replace your old identity with his new identity, uh, we're going to pray it together. And I know you can't close your eyes and bow your heads while you read the screen. I get it. But let's reverently and wholly take this moment to make this our confession, make this commitment to Christ this morning. So let's, we'll pray it together. So Jesus, thank you for paying the eternal price for my new identity. Thank you that your death and resurrection have made me a new creation and that your spirit lives inside of me. Thank you for loving me, forgiving me, accepting me, and adopting me into your family. With your help, I choose today to throw off my old identity, which was all about putting me first. And I also choose to put on the new identity you have for me, which puts you and others first. Help me to embrace my new identity in you by being intentional in the study of your word being filled with your Holy Spirit, and by participating in worship, prayer, and community. Amen.